Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Today, we have Professor Mike Dooley hailing from Arkansas, home of Walmart. He has so much to bring to us today. Ancillary businesses. He owns a sign company, mortgage company, insurance company, title company, and last but not least, a real estate company that in the last 12 months did over $120 million in real estate sales, totaling 400 plus transactions. And they are already off to the races this year. Mike. Welcome to the Team Building Podcast. How are you Thanks doing, for Jay? having me, man. Can, can you do that every morning? Like when I hit my alarm, you know, one of the snooze buttons and it says hey, you starting out, that, you know? Just make that your ringtone, bro. Just go into the that, episode. That'd be awesome. Heard it, make that your ringtone. So where are you guys at right now year to date? Year, year to date, close and pending 209 transactions, about 69 million. You know, okay. and, and, and I would love it. And, and broker owners and people are thinking about it. I think a lot of times we think we're making more money. My aha, though, is I was one of those people. Oh, we're doing great. We're doing awesome. But look at your average price point. I think we're like at 372, where last year we were 305. We're oh, not really. You know, if you look, our transactions are trending similar to last year. It's mm-hmm. just something for broker owners and teams to be thinking about, really looking at their transactions. And that yeah. was an aha for me. I think I was getting a little too confident, a little too cocky with our team saying, oh, you're doing awesome. Halfway through the year, I'm like, you know what? We're pacing the last year where there's this, this thing called a pandemic, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, let me do a fun little business consultation. Um, I've never done this before. I just thought of it actually off the cuff. Um, I'm going to run through some questions. You probably won't have answers to all the questions because I didn't ask you to prepare for these particular questions. So you can be nervous a little bit. And if you don't know, just say you don't know. Really, this is a rhetorical. These are rhetorical questions for everyone listening because we're in the middle of the year, right? We're rounding. We just rounded July, uh, celebrated Independence Day, 2021, and everyone had these big goals this year. And some people have fallen short in certain areas, including myself. And so now we really have the next couple of months to get back on track so that we can end the year best possible. So um, we can speak to the last 12 months or year to date, however, whatever stats you have. But I'm going to ask a couple of questions that anyone listening wants to already have known uh, because you have big numbers to tout. And so people want to know what's the structure of your team look like. And then I'm going to ask some analytical questions. So first is how many agents do you have on your team? Seven. And do you know how many homes on average each of your agents does? Great question. But I'd say the top three probably over indexed about 50% of the business. I know you were going to have a question, but I just want to place something in here for, for everyone. Last year at this time, we had 20 agents. But okay. our business is actually more or above. You know, when you think about it, I have heard several thought leaders say they feel like for certain teams, 10 to 12 is kind of that number because you can pour into them. You can have good lead uh, routing. You can have good um, absorption rates for them, you know, and just, you know, good farming. So that's something we've been really honing in on is, is finding out who we want in our world and going deeper on. Mm, oh, I like that. It's kind of speaking to um, the point of diminishing returns with agent mm-hmm. count. And so how do you solve that? And you look at like how armies are structured. Um, you have 12 people typically to one person. 
And then you have those several persons that are attached to one person. And I think I heard Gary Keller teach once the one, the one thing course, you can't, one person does not do a great job managing more than around 10 to 12. So when your team does get above that, let's ask you this question, put you right here on stage in front of the public, Mike, did you hire someone specifically to manage the additional 10 that ended up leaving your company? Or were you trying to do that yourself? Yeah, no, great. We, we have a director of sales as a model. And I mm -hmm. think about it too, for real estate or brokerages or teams, they attempt the one leader. Uh, and you actually talked about this at a team building conference. And I love this where, where your thought is, okay, we're building these ancillary businesses. How do I sometimes talk to an agent that just started? There's mm -hmm. a gap, right? In our conversations. And I'm sure you said something really cool or sexy around that term, but see, <laughs> I listened, I pay attention. I wrote that down. So I, we did hire a director of sales. And mm -hmm. what I learned is most teams, when I looked at them three years in, their talent said, I can do this and I can do it on my own and I'm gone. So mm -hmm. how do you make your world bigger? So what we did is provided more opportunity. So these people actually have salaries and they have overrides and we're having more abundance mindset. And that's been helpful. Okay. So your agents, the seven that are with you, have the ability to have salaries? Is that what you're saying? The, the director of sales actually. Oh, sorry. The director them. of sales. Yeah. And so, then so bonus today I don't. Yeah, I only sold real estate for about six months, actually. And that's kind of an aha for people is that I realized if I wanted to be a leader and be a CEO, I see most teams or most agents, the best CEO or the leader is the one doing the most production. So mm -hmm. how are you really leading a business or running a business when you're in the business? Yeah. And I had a great, great mentor and coach tell me one time, hey, your cutoff is May 1st. And we drew a line in the sand. He said, no more deals. But here's what happens to all of us if we see it. Oh, great. A million dollar deal came through. You want to make the 30,000 commission, quick money, but you go back into that trap. And I never went back into that trap. Now, do I still lead generate for our team and our company every day, right? I just don't take those deals. And that's been really helpful for our growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in selling real estate, whatever you're actively doing, anyone listening, that's your job. What you actively do and you get paid to do it, that's your job. A business is something that should be able to exist and grow without you. Now, a lot of us who own businesses have an active role. And I think most teams, 98% would not be profitable if the owner didn't have the job of selling real estate. So that's the point you're making. And when I've done business audits for most teams, if the owner Rainmaker wasn't selling real estate, they couldn't be profitable. So they don't actually have a real estate business. They have what I call the shark sucker fish model. We have a big shark eating and killing and you have all these little sucker fish, not even eating off of the shark scraps, just sucking off the shark. So that's the type of team you don't want to have. And I'm glad, Mike, that you realized that. And you said within six months, you stepped out. Another thing I think about is when I was selling real estate and looking at who I wanted to be like when I grew up, I definitely didn't want to sell real estate. And I looked at the largest owners of real estate companies, the brokers of, of companies with 100 agents or 500 agents, they weren't selling real estate. So I thought, well, what are they doing different than me? Adding agents, adding leads, adding mortgage companies, title companies, insurance companies, and other systems and structure to help support the agent, which is what you and I are both doing now too. So next question, admin staff and support. So you've got your seven agents, you've got your director of sales slash success manager who's overseeing your agents and making sure that they are being profitable, working in arenas in which they're going to be profitable. Uh, what other type of support staff do you guys have? Yeah, and I, I, you know, everyone probably comes on or doesn't says, oh, I'm different. I do think there's a little bit of differences. I do have, for instance, a director of accounting. One aha and one of the best roles that I've hired. She's been with us for about four months now and I should have hired her day one. If you look at all your other ancillary businesses, so printing, mortgage, insurance, they're sometimes not large enough to have you know, support staff or other roles. 
So we're doing a shared services model. So for instance, she's a dually group employee, but they actually pay back. So printing company uses her 20% of the time. The insurance company, we have one guy, if you will, he uses her 10% of the time. It's been so helpful to actually start getting P&Ls. Think about most of you, probably like me and like you or whatever, you know, you're five years in and you're like, oh, how much money are we making in this company? Well, you don't know because you're diluting all your money back and forth between your businesses, which is easy to do. So she actually codes it and says, oh no, this is a dually group expense. I'm one of the investors at the market center. They say, oh no, this is a market center expense and actually get a cleaner look at a P&L. Now, of course, does stuff happen? It does. You know, How do you split an apple and say, oh, what business does it go to, right? But that's one of the roles that's been pivotal. And then also we have a senior director of operations. So HR setting up playbooks and she can actually look at all the companies and say, okay, what, what can we replicate? Does and she really what she's all the companies? She does. Okay. So we have a couple of those shared services roles. Think about, she basically needs to be talking to talent every day. Because, yep. you know, some of our talent is, okay, we need an, an additional insurance person in four months with our book of business. So she's talking to people. And that's been yep. really helpful that I think a lot of people aren't looking at because they say, okay, that, that company is not wet, ready for that role. Yep. And I think that's a difference too, is my senior director of operations, she was running Dooley Capital, which was another business where I was looking at, okay, how do we buy dirt? How do we buy lots? And I yep. realized her skill set coming from Fortune 100 company and then brought her over. And that's been really helpful because that was a weakness of ours. Sure. HR, playbooks, you know, what yep. do you do when people are on maternity leave? I mean, a lot of times uh, real estate agents aren't ready for that. They don't know what to do. Putting procedures in place, that's not my thing, right? I just run stuff over and keep moving, yep. right? And then you say, yep. oh, wait, what about this? So that's some of our roles. This, and that is unique um, in speaking to economies of scale. We oftentimes in real estate and people that I see speak on real estate, the podcasts I've listened to, the books that I've read, they always talk about a real estate team or a real estate company. I like that Gary Keller, and you're a Keller Williams person as well. Um, Gary always speaks to the fact that Keller Williams isn't a real estate company. And so those that don't know this, what do you think Keller Williams is? They say that they are a technology company that happens to be in the business of coaching, consulting, entrepreneurs that also include real estate teams, brokerages, et cetera. And so we believe the same. So when you think of yourself as a tech company or whatever the entity is that you want to be, and just an arm of your business happens to be selling residential real estate, it might be investing, it might be mortgage title insurance. I love the idea of the shared services. Uh, we're actually right now looking for a director of ancillary businesses to do some of the same things you talked about that some of your people are doing for you now. So if you're going to have a CPA for each business, a lot of companies I see, they have different CPAs for every one of those entities. Why not just have the same person? Hey, why not bring them in-house? Same thing with legal. Same thing with a receptionist, which in our office, we're a 10,000 square foot office. We have a WeWork space in the sense that I own all the businesses that are in my office, but we have a shared receptionist. We have a shared common area. We have a shared training room. We have a shared studio that I'm sitting in right now. And all those businesses can share in that expense. And everyone acts like that's hard to track. It's not hard to track. It's just like an attorney tracking hours. When an attorney tracks billable hours, it's based on every 15 minutes. They just punch in who did they work for the last 15 minutes. You just have to have people tracking. And a lot of times it's easier than that. It could be a one day spent to each business, however somebody wants to structure it. No, for sure. And I'll tell you, you end up getting to your point, economies of scale. So as an example, look at, for instance, even if you're not at Keller Williams, I think Gary has done a really good job with a P&L. You know, and you can go to his sites and you can download that. But actually, we use that in our printing sign company. They never really had a model. So then say, okay, what's your profit margin? Is it 40%? Mm -hmm. What do you do in ad spend? What do you do in lead gen? The business, the widget's different, right? But the business is the same. 
So that's been really helpful for her to implement those in our other businesses. Oh, insurance. Okay. Maybe need to spend a little more on advertising, but here's the model. Here's where we need to stay. And I think that's really it. been helpful uh, for us, you know, and that's something I wish I would have started day one. So if you think about a role like that too, you know, to your point, ours is a CPA too. And I think that's a win. If anybody's Dude, looking huge. for this role, because, because you know what I think too, and I heard this on a most recent podcast, most CPAs will give you the answer, but they're not proactively going to look for it. Mm-hmm. When they work for you, you can say, Hey, I'll tell you one of the things we're looking at right now is grants. Who, who right now, a lot of states are giving tech grants and grants for people and different jobs and job opportunities. So if you had somebody that was resourcing that in your state, so for instance, you know, Omaha, New York, wherever they're listening, right. Florida, and went yep. out to the state, the state is giving a lot of grant dollars on, maybe it's a new process where you brought in five new jobs. That yeah. actually might pay for that job just by getting that grant. So that's- How about just this right last, now. right now we're in the shadow of- um, COVID-19, a lot of businesses didn't even know when the EIDL money came available and the PPP loans. And now the SBA, Small Business Administration, is handing out money through the end of this year, big money uh, to help businesses that are in trouble. And the trouble on the books doesn't have to look like that much trouble. There's a lot of missed opportunities because there's not, to your very point, active CPAs working in the trenches alongside of the company. So I think that's really good advice right there. All right, let's move into other uh, value adds that you offer to those seven that you've got right now. I know you had talked a little bit, I believe, about training. Talk to me a little bit about what your training process is for your team. Yeah, and I would tell you, we leverage, uh, I would challenge anybody if Jeff and you guys do it great, you know, if other sources are out there, use those. And I think a lot of times we don't do that. You know, Ben Kenny, for instance, Win Make Give, there's a lot of great platforms out there that they mm-hmm. do a lot. And I think that's something that we say, okay, they do it better than us. Let's do that. And that's been helpful. But I would just go back to culture. And I think we talked about this kind of uh, uh, another time. But my team has turned over about three or four times. Now, I have mm-hmm. a few people that have stayed away from the beginning, but some of it is in the beginning when we built a team, we hired on, okay, this person needs to do 100 transactions. As you know, that's not sustainable, right? You know, you need to hire for culture, who you want to be around, who would your spouse hang out with? So we really flipped that on its head. And first question we ask, remember when you had a job where you had a blast and you had fun? So let me take you back to that time. And if you're going to have fun with us and enjoy it, come to our office. Just so you know, before we hire anybody, we bring them to our weekly team meeting, to our office. Do you like the culture? Do you like what you know? Are you going to have fun and have a good time? When people do that, it's not work. And I think that's been a win for us too. When we think about our agent count change is now you have people that want to be there. How many times do you do accountability meetings and you're like, hey, I haven't seen you in three days, right? If you're having fun and you have a good atmosphere, for instance, we have a huge giving tree painted Mm -hmm. on our wall. Every charity we're giving to, we're putting a postcard or sticker or something on that tree. We're doing our closing pictures in front of that. So our clients are part of that. Not everyone that's going to be their jam. Some people are going to say, I want want to keep all the money I can. There's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome, right? But our people- You should have a Grinch Grinch tree. (laughs) No presents under it. (laughs) When someone buys a boat- (laughs) <laughs> that's our culture, right? And that's what people love, right? So I would challenge anybody is you're, you're bringing someone on. Like I came from corporate America. I'd meet this amazing recruiter and talented person. They'd be in California or New York. We, they, this is what they do all day, every day, right? We'd be jamming, we're jiving. They're like, hey, I'm gonna steal you away from this company. And then I'd walk in the first day to my new job. You hated the office. The culture was not what they explained. The people were not what they talked about. 
So that's why we've set it up and said, hey, come be a visitor. Maybe mm-hmm. even lead gen with us if you wanted to or sit in on something, go to an open house, go sit with an agent, understand what this business is about. And I think that's been a win because they're not going these eyes wide open. They're excited. They watch million dollar listing or whatever it is. They see you rocking it, you know, with 10,000 properties. And they're like, oh, I want to do that tomorrow, but I only want to work one day a week. As you know, the biggest producers and people that do stuff work every day, but it's just different, right? They're having fun what they're doing. Do you know right now how you break down where your net profit comes from in the sense of from the bucket of what you make off your real estate agents, what you make off insurance, what you make off of title, what you make off of mortgage? Great I was asked this now. question on stage yeah. last week and I don't have an answer. And my mortgage company launched about a year and a half ago. So my answer was pretty much, I don't have enough time to give in a good answer because we're in growth phase. We're not really killing it yet financially. Um, the real estate team is easy. I can always, I've always been able to answer that question. And it's been interesting. I always netted an average of 20,000 per agent per year. And it was funny when I started researching Keller Williams back in like 2016, 2017, and I found out the cap model Typically, the caps of most market centers, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm new to Keller Williams, but they all range around 18,000 to 21,000, something like that. My office chose to do 25,000. But what I said from stage, and I'd like you, Mike, to possibly argue with me on this point, but what I said from stage last week in Charleston, and I stand behind my statement, I've been saying it a lot, is that I don't believe that the real estate office of the future is going to make money off of the percentage of commission, because I think that percentage is going to start going down, down, down. And for an agent to stay in the business, we're going to have to let them keep all of it. I think the win is going to be in the ancillaries. And so I like seeing you right now early or you're an early adopter to ancillaries. I don't hear of very many teams, especially you're a team, right? You don't have a, yep. you're not running a brokerage, you're a team. So it's very one unique. Of the owners of the brokerage here, but it's separate than the team, if you will. So I get the blessing of both. I feel like. Does the brokerage feed some of those ancillaries as well? The people, other uh, people have the brokerage. Uh, title it does. Okay. But so in, insurance is just our, now, obviously we'd love that we provide that resource. Keller has some of the resources too. And and to that point, one thing I learned in 2020 is I just said, yes. Somebody said, Hey, you know what? I want to refinance. Yes. Here's some options. Hey, I need to, I need to look at my insurance. Yes. Here's some options. Yep, I love it. And maybe it was mine or maybe it was someone else's or maybe it was our Keller. I think when you really look at the lens as saying, yes, Hey, I need my fence fixed. Yes. We'll help you. It might not be a company we have, but we can say, you know, we got this other great guy. And I think that's, we've really been winning. I had a friend that they lost their job in, in a restaurant world. And they said, hey, I need a little help with a car payment. I said, yes. I didn't ask how much it was. What do you need? Here's a loan. Boom. And that's yeah. kind of been my motto is I've been blessed. And just just say yes, you know, and we'll figure it out together. I've had charities, though, say, hey, we need 50 grand. Well, yes, but here's a smaller portion. But here's what else I can do. I can teach you how to do podcasting or Zoom. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we don't realize our skill sets and our knowledge and our business acumen, how we can help somebody. And that mm-hmm. maybe is 10x what the number they were asking for. 100%. Um, so agent advisor is a adage I have coined the last 24 months I've been talking about it. And it's interesting. It goes right in line with your sentiment earlier in this conversation about your accountant being proactive rather than reactive, playing offense rather than defense. Most realtors up to this point in the industry have 100% played defense. We stand back, we wait for the opportunity, we make the money, we move to the next transaction. I asked an audience of 200 
high-minded individuals, successful realtors and uh, broker owners last week in Charleston to raise their hand if they had reached out to anyone from their database in the last 12 months, letting them know they should refi their loan. They should at least look into refining their loan with interest rates at an all-time high. No one rose their hand. So I then asked it again. I said, I don't know if I asked it the right way. Let me ask this question a second time. Did any of you you told everyone that you treat them like family. Did you reach out to let all of your clients know that rates are an all-time? I, I repeated the whole thing because I actually thought so they didn't listen. Sometimes you're not listening to a speaker. No one raised their hand a second time. And I said, and, I, and I'm a hypocrite as well in this arena. And up until I owned a mortgage company, I hadn't reached out to anyone either. And so I said to the audience, look at you. Like, look at what people see and when they think of a realtor. They think of a transactional-based business. If you want to survive, and I'll say this to all the podcast listeners today, you can, it cannot be transactional and you cannot play defense. You have to play offense to your point of saying, yes, give them what they need. Create value for your database way beyond the real estate transaction. It can come with refi. It can come with shopping up. Uh, insurance quote. And even if you don't own these ancillary businesses today, you can still provide these things of value, even though you're not monetarily gaining, you're doing what's right for your client. A hundred percent. And to that point, actually it was yesterday, rates were lower since mid uh, June, I believe it is. I actually went on Facebook and this is something I do all the time. And mm -hmm. I would challenge anybody if you look, they always go, well, I don't know who to call. I don't know what to do. You know, I just say, and I'm a one take wonder. I record one video and I post it on Facebook right away. I don't try to make it cute. And I just say, hey, friends and family, rates are lowest they've been today since they were in the beginning of June. You should take advantage. If you need our team to help, it's 616-HOME. If you need somebody else, we'll connect you. And it's that simple and it takes one second. And then I told our agents, I said, record a video just like that. And all your uh, buyers and sellers that are on the fence, I want you to record the video and text it to all of them. A lot of times, think about it right now. Look at your text. Jeff, you probably have 4,000. I sent you 17. I'm still waiting for a response. Most people don't look at their text. But if you text a video, I call it stop the scroll, they'll actually look at it. So you should be texting your clients. Hey, just want to let you know I saw this really cute for sale by owner. Might be a fit for you. i just letting you know I'm thinking about you. Start weaving that into your business. You know, one a day. I, I tell people, keep it simple. One a day is 240 clients in a year. Mm. That's bigger than most businesses in the country, right? So we make this too complex where they say, oh, I got to talk to eight hours a day on the phone. No one's really going to do that, right? Know what you're going to do and know your threshold. You know, one a day is really simple. I love it. So I started thinking about data and I said from stage last week, um, our greatest asset as real owners of real estate companies is the database that we have that we have a relationship with, with whom we can provide a value. And so for agents listening, if you're just into the business or you're, you're a veteran, but don't have anything other than the real estate transaction, start thinking about other ways you can offer value and pretend and I, I say this loosely because I think this will become reality. Pretend you no longer make money off your agents or you no longer make money off the real estate transaction itself. And you have to find a way to monetize the relationship outside of the commission that exists today that I have, I believe, and a lot of other high, you know, like-minded individuals believe will not exist the way it does exist. So how else would you make your revenue? I think you're doing exactly what I would be doing, Mike. I know Gary Keller and Zillow and Redfin and all the big tech companies are doing exactly what we're doing. Of course, they're at a much larger scale, but it doesn't matter because the conversation isn't about a money grab. It's about a value add. How do we help the consumer in more ways? You mentioned fencing. Why couldn't you own a fencing company? Why couldn't you own a, you know, name the business? It could be anything and everything that a homeowner needs. Look at, Am I think of Amazon. 
I use all the Amazon products. I don't agree with a lot of the things Amazon does politically, but I use, they have so many products I use and it's amazing how it all ties together and they know me and it's custom and I can get stuff in one day. And we should be that for the real estate solution. Why don't we, why don't they think of, and maybe they do think of Mike Dooley or Jeff Cohn as who's the landscaper I should hire. Who's the snow removal company for those that live in the North. Um, that I, should I would hire. tell you to that point, I ask for, I get a resume. I feel like a day. I tell everyone, Hey, if you're looking for an opportunity, let me, you know, we're always hiring or I know somebody and I've done zooms with people and they were not even looking for anything in our world. Now they work for our businesses. So you get top talent in front of you okay. and you can talk to them because a lot of times, maybe you did have that fence company. You said, you know what, my career pathing that's 18 months out. But when someone comes to you and says, hey, I need a job. I've been doing fences for 18 months. Will you hire that person? And you start that company now. And I think that's a lot of it too. But even if you don't place them, they're going to be wanting you to work with them or help them. Like you said, say yes all the time. If you place them with another job, hey, I just want to know. I'll connect you with a friend of mine and get an opportunity. That's really what we're about is just helping people Love that. and making money and having fun. But I did never answer your question before. I read an article about brokerages. And I think it's about 13% is kind of what they're referencing is kind of that profit margin now, if you will, and diminishing to your point. So mm -hmm. I 100% agree with how do you get your people in ancillary businesses and your top talent? Let them have ownership in it or profit share interest. Mm. Those are other ways to keep top talent in your world. And you can put in that contract that says, that, well, you're with me, you know, in business together and mm -hmm. make sure your world's bigger. Because if you have 20 people sending referrals and business to an insurance company, how much bigger is it, right? Look at Amazon, right? That's what they do. Some of the products they don't even own. And in the beginning, they never owned one product, product, right? Is they got more and more businesses. So then that way their platform was so large. Like now you can basically, to your point, you could do anything, right? You could get painting from Amazon, you name it. Yep. You could just go there and get it in 24 hours, right? Yep, 100%. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on, Mike. We got into a lot of great content. Um, I love anything that is involving how to change the industry and how to pivot and be prepared for what's coming. I want to be able to look back and say, hey, we talked about this in 2021. We talked about this in 2016. And I want to help the industry survive. That's what we're here for. And this is free. So this is a charitable obviously charitable podcast. I've never collected money for hosting a podcast episode. You might be my 200th episode. I know we had a few right in that 200 range. So we are rounding that 200 corner. Uh, I would ask anyone that does listen, the best way to pay for this would be to go give us a five-star review. If you haven't already, give a shout out to Mr. Mike Dooley, hailing from Arkansas. Let us know uh, something you got out of the episode that is meaningful to you. And then of course, feel free to follow us at Jeff M. Cohn uh, is my Instagram tag. And then anything regarding our workshops, like Mike mentioned, attending the team building workshop, which is an annual event. We also have several team building workshops that are hosted in Omaha as well throughout the year. And then our coaching product. So if you want more information about any of that, go to growwithers.com. Mike, how do people get into your world if they just want to reach out and give you a shout out? I know you didn't ask for an endorsement, but I went to your team building thing. And, and I would tell you, even if you leave with one or two or three things to make your business better, I highly recommend everyone checking it out. What I loved about it is you actually, and I don't know if this is perfectly scripted, but you even brought agents on stage and actually did an accountability call with them. What does it look like? And I would tell you, I was very impressed with your agent. She was buttoned up. So even if you're a broker owner and you're saying, okay, do I have an A talent? When you go to an event and there's really A talent, maybe you don't have A talent. So I would just tell you though, I love that you had the vulnerability of having all your staff and people and everyone 
you answered anything, any question. I never heard you say, you know, some conferences you go to are like, uh, let me get back to you or let us send you the follow-up information. You're like, hey, here's it is. Now it's not perfect, right? And I think that's what we're about. I think just being transparent and open. But if people wanted to find me, I think I'm Mike D007 on social media. Oh, look at um, this guy. Uh, I, right? I thought it was like James Bond or something, you know? Jeez. But, Mike uh, D007, yeah, that's easy to remember. But anything uh, Arkansas, we'd love to be able to serve you. And actually now we have a team in North uh, Northwest Florida. What I realized is all the, the people from the SEC wanted to buy their beach houses in Northwest Florida. Seaside, Destin, 30A. So I said, why don't I help them there? And that's been a lot of fun. Um, so definitely check us out. Cool. Sounds good. Well, Mike, you were awesome. Uh, it was great to see you this summer here in Omaha. Hope to see you again at a future event. And for anyone else, everyone else, we'd love to see you guys here as well. If you can't make the trip, we do offer some virtual events. At the end of July, we'll be offering a virtual event. Um, and then I think we have another one scheduled for the fall sometime. So again, just go out to growwithers.com to learn more about that. And until next time, Mike, keep growing. Excited to see what you guys do at the end of the year. Awesome. You too. Thanks so much. 